It is good to be here with you all this morning. I feel like you deserve a little extra credit getting here when it's below five degrees outside. It is very cold. Winter is here. And even though it can be a little too bitter sometimes, like last night with the wind, it was very cold. I actually love this time of year. It is a time I don't have to worry about things like sweating at all when you go outside. And I love the nature outside, go outside covering snow. It's beautiful. And uh, winter sports, something I've always enjoyed. But skiing is something I picked up in the last couple of years. A couple Mondays ago, I went with some priests from Madison, friends from seminary up to northern Wisconsin, spent the day, you know, skiing a little bit. And I had never, never did this. We live in a very flat part of the country, if you haven't noticed. But when I was over in seminary in Rome, about the Apennine Mountains, about an hour and a half away from seminary. So they invited me my first year over there. I don't know how to ski. We'll teach you. It'd be great. And their form of teaching me was taking me up to the top of the mountain and essentially just pushing me over and saying, go figure it out. So in a very cartoonesque way, stumbled my way down the hill in a big old pile of snow. But I, I learned how. I can figure it out. Not great, but intermediate, maybe. So we're skiing, and as the day is going on, they kind of stop me like, here, let's talk. You don't really have the greatest form we've ever seen. I'm like, well, you're my teacher, so that's your fault. Like, okay, all right, fine. A little defensive there, Father Claydar. Slow down. So they taught me a little better form. Did it, get the whole stance down, balance better. You got the whole French fries, snow shovel type of thing. If you want to stop, you're in a snow shovel, French fry, you go really fast. And I essentially was slowly stopping the entire way down there the hill, which is not what you're supposed to do. So they're teaching me, you gotta get the edge in the snow and really throw the skis, throw your hips into it and get your, the, the, the edge of the blade in the snow. I'm like, oh my goodness, I could fall over. A little scary. But they were teaching me, it was better, and all of a sudden, my, my, my cur curving back and forth was pretty sharp. And I was keeping up with them. It would always go way down faster than I was, but I was starting to go with them. And I was figuring it out, I was getting better. I'm like, wow. If I throw myself into this, something I enjoy is actually more enjoyable. I was doing it the way you were supposed to, and it brought a lot uh, of enjoyment. So I was praying with this, and I think that can be us in the pew sometimes. Obviously, at some point, the faith has meant something to us. Uh, otherwise, we wouldn't be here when it's four degrees outside, right? Like there is a connection, a relationship, that we have with Christ. There's something here that we know we need. Could be the readings, could be the parish community. Hopefully it's the Eucharist or all the above. A lot of beautiful things. But many of us, we're, we're kind of just going through the motions a little bit. Really not throwing the edge into the snow and seeing how far can we go. And what are some of the ways that we can do that? Well, in the gospel, John talks about in order for us to be able to give testimony to who Christ is to the world, we have to know him, to know him, to study him. There's that beautiful image so many times in scripture where God tells us we need to be like a child. And one of the ways that this is talking about is just our willingness to be curious, to ask questions, to want to learn. Because brothers and sisters, we can never be complacent in where we are and our understanding of who God is and our life. He's infinite. We could spend our whole life doing nothing 
but studying Christ, the scriptures, theology, we would barely scratch the surface. St. Thomas Aquinas, he was so intelligent, they called him the angelic doctor. And at the end of his life, one of the greatest theological minds we've ever been given, he said, all of this is straw compared to the truth that God was revealing to him in his later years before he went to heaven. But that doesn't mean we should have despair. We've got to be like a child, willing to ask questions, to throw the edge into the snow and just allow ourselves in regards to our faith to always go deeper, to be more curious, to allow ourselves to want to learn more about who God is. So I want to give you three ways that we can do that. Three ways that we can step up our theological formation, which should never end. The first is actual documents that the church has given us, letters and encyclicals from the Pope. Popes have always written letters to their people. They are the shepherd, we are the flock, and they give us sustenance intellectually. They give us letters. And for a long time, when the Pope would write a letter, when he would write something for the church, the people would come together with the priest and they would study it. They would chew on it. What is the Holy Father? The shepherd that the Holy Spirit has given his church, what is he giving his people? And they would try to practically put it in their life. And then we had John Paul II, who's a saint, great pope, brought the papacy to the world. Yet he was such a prolific writer, a lot of people said, this is too much to chew on. So we had this one thing where he gave the church so much to think about. But in another way, not many of us really read the church documents anymore. For me, it wasn't until I was in, the 20, in my 20s and in seminary that I even knew what an encyclical was or that I could just go on the Vatican website and look up all of this wonderful information that can form our intellect. And it's not just about scripture. There are documents about the liturgy. There are documents about the environment. There are documents about how we should raise our children. There are documents on how we should treat our employees and how a good Christian community works in the workplace. All of this wonderful information that we can learn and take aspects of our faith and apply it to our daily life. One example, Deus Caritas Est. They're all written, the titles, in Latin, but don't let it scare you. It's just the first couple words of the document. So this document written by Pope Benedict XVI is called Deus Caritas Est. God is love. And it's a wonderful delving in to who God is and how we can come to know who he is and what love is. It's a beautiful document. So church documents. Two, spiritual writings. We could fill a large lake with all of the writings that have been done on Jesus Christ. If you took every book written in the last 600 years and just took it out of consideration, you would still never even scratch the surface of all that the church gives us and its wonderful treasures of men and women who have spent their life pondering who God is and what does he mean to me. We don't need to reinvent the wheel. There are such beautiful treasures. One example, St. Augustine literally invented the autobiography. 
He reflected on his life, both when he was a practicing Catholic and when he was pursuing the quote-unquote gospel of the world and would dive into, when I want to steal, why am I having these thoughts? When I have these desires that I know are not good for me, why, why, what, what, what good am I looking for? And his kind of just delving into this whole understanding of the human condition can help us a lot in our day-to-day -day life. St. Augustine's Confessions, the first autobiography. And the last one is really a subset of the second one, and that's the early church fathers. This understanding that we're all trying to know Christ. And there was these early Christians who spent just a few moments of separation from God. That the people who lived and were Christians in like the year 90, the year 120, they maybe have not known Christ, but they knew people who knew Christ. And that, that experience, to dive into that. Yes, of course, sacred scripture is paramount. It's the most important thing and it's something we should read. But how, how was it for those who were living the faith in this time? Like St. Ignatius of, the, uh, of Antioch, he wrote 11 letters to different churches in the Mediterranean. And during this time, he was a prisoner. He was getting taken to Rome, where ultimately he was eaten by lions. But he wrote these letters to these communities, and he talks about what it's like to be a part of the church. He uses the word Catholic, and not in a way that he needs to explain it, but that people in the year 97 understood this term, understood that all of us universally are a part of the faith. So again, church documents, spiritual writing, the early church fathers. And next week, I'm going to be writing the letter in the bulletin, so you don't need to like, get your phone out and write all this down. I'm going to put it in there so you can see it. But uh, we've, got to, we've got to really throw our minds full-fledged into our faith. Because if we don't, we can never really give testimony to who God is because we're not trying to find out who he is. And if we do, together, brothers and sisters, continue to throw ourselves into deepening our understanding of the truth, we won't be able to not give testimony. It will be so overflowing in our life that whether it's our family, our friends, the people that God puts in our life, we will make God known. So as we receive the Eucharist this morning, brothers and sisters, let us ask the Holy Spirit to give us that desire, that hunger, that thirst to want to know more about God so that as we continue to study and form and grow together, the Holy Spirit can use us to be a vessel to give testimony to the truth of Christ to the world.